If you would, just take your Bible with me. We're going to start in John chapter number 7. John chapter 7, I was just reading through the Gospel of John and just reading the words of Christ and and something kind of caught my attention. And if you'll keep your finger, we're also going to be in Isaiah chapter 12. So, John chapter 7 is where we'll start and then our main text will be in Isaiah chapter number 12. John 7, we'll start reading in verse 37 through 39. And we want to talk about praise tonight. Um, The title of the message is The Source of Praise. The Source of Praise. So in John 7, verse 37, Jesus has been speaking and he's gone to Galilee and there's a lot of people that are skeptical of him and they're not sure if he's if he's real, if he's genuine, uh, some believe he's a prophet. You know, he begins to speak in the temple. They're shocked at his learning because this is the, the carpenter. This is the one that's been building things. And, and they don't understand how he is able to speak with such authority. And they even accuse him of, of being demon possessed in verse 20 of, of John 7. And so he keeps going through and then he makes a statement in verse 37 In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And what really caught my attention is he pointed back to the Old Testament. He said, as the scripture hath said. And so... A lot of times for me, that that catches my attention. I want to go and figure out what what is he talking about? Where is where is he alluding to? And as he's telling these people, of course, most of these people he's talking to know the scripture. And so he's he's talking about Isaiah. And one of the references that I want to spend the rest of our time in, in Isaiah chapter 12, is this song. It's a song of Moses and it's a song of praise. It's a song of conquest. It's a song of, of deliverance. God has done something special for his people. And so if you will turn with me now to Isaiah chapter 12, and we'll begin reading, and then we'll start to, to make some applications. So in Isaiah chapter 12, I'm, I'm going to be jumping all over the place. I won't ask you to turn every, every place I go unless you just really want to. But in Isaiah chapter 12, we see this song, and it starts, And in that day... Thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee. Though thou wast angry with me, thine anger is turned away, and thou comfortest me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also is becoming my salvation, or become my salvation. Therefore, with joy... Shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation? And this is one of the, the descriptions that Jesus is using. He also talks about in Isaiah 55. But I really want to spend time. This is a song of Moses. And he actually talks about this in Exodus chapter 15. And so the source of praise. I love how it starts. He says, this is a, this is, um, a song of praise by the prophet. I will praise thee. Though thou wast angry with me, thine anger 
is turned away. And thou hast comforted me. I'm not sure about you guys, but there's been times in my life where I know I haven't pleased the Lord. There's been times in my life where I know I messed up. And I felt the conviction of God in my life. And, and I could say with the, the prophet, he's angry with me. He's not pleased with what I've done. And I know with the nation of Israel, we know the cycle of these people. They're up and down. They're constantly turning to idols. They're constantly turning away from the God that has done so much for them. And so the prophet is, is making a declaration. He is angry. And I think we need to stop for a minute and remember that God does still hates sin. He still does not like when we disobey him. And as I read the minor prophets especially, and I see the day of the Lord and the judgment that God is, is pronouncing because of the sins, because of the wickedness, God is still angry and upset with our sin. But I love it doesn't stop there. It says he's angry, but he has turned away from his anger. And instead of now the anger that he has, the text says he is comforting. He comforts me. He gives me reason to be at ease. He's given promises. And as we continue to read, we see the source of the praise because he was angry. He has a lot of reasons to be angry with us because of our sin, because of our selfishness. The Lord tonight does have probably you guys can name a few, maybe a lot. But I'm so glad tonight that we have a God that doesn't stay angry. He's long suffering toward us. And so the source of praise, first, I want us to see his long suffering. I'm so thankful tonight that God didn't just kick me to the curb when I started going the wrong direction, when I made choices that were not pleasing to him. But not only his long suffering toward me, his loving kindness, his comfort that he gives. These are sources of praise, and I really want to camp on this loving kindness and break down what, the, what this song begins to talk about. And so this loving kindness, behold, in verse 2, God is my salvation. He is my Savior. He is the one that has done so much for me. He is the one that has brought me out of the condemnation and given me a reason to live. And he continues, I will trust and not be afraid for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also is become my salvation. And this is an exact um, song from Exodus 15. And so I'm going to turn there and this will be the last place I'm going to turn. And I just want to read this song of deliverance. This is right after the Egyptians have been utterly destroyed. And they begin to sing this song and they begin to sing the exact same thing and talking about salvation, talking about him being their strength, talking about him being their song. And this praise begins to flow as Moses leads the people in Exodus chapter 15. And so I'm going to start reading in verse one. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord and spake, saying, I will sing unto thee, Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song. 
He has become my salvation. There it is. He is my God and I will prepare him a habitation. My father's God and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his host hath he cast into the sea. His chosen captains also are drowned in the Red Sea. Very descriptive. The depths in verse five have covered them. They sank into the bottom of as a stone. Thy right hand, O Lord, is become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, hath dashed in pieces the enemy. And in the greatness of thine excellency, thou hast overthrown them that rose up against thee. Thou sentest forth thy wrath, which consumed them as stubble. And with the blast of thy nostrils, the waters were gathered together. The flood stood upright as a heap. And the depths were concealed in the heart of the sea. And I have here in my Bible, this is a, a, a Satan's song here. I don't know why I put it there. I, don't, I, I just was making notes in my Bible. So look at verse 9. And for some reason I said, this is Satan's song. The enemy said, I will pursue. I will overtake. I will divide the spoil. My lust shall not be satisfied upon them. I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. Thou didst blow with thy wind. The sea covered them. They sank as lead in the mighty waters. And then there's the question, who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? Thou stretchest out thy right hand, and the earth swallowed them. And we'll end at verse 13. Thou in thy mercy hast led forth the people which thou hast redeemed. Thou hast guided them in thy strength unto thy holy habitation. And so here this song is a reference that the prophet is making to the deliverance, the strength, the power of Jehovah. The self-existent one, the almighty, the one that does what he wills, the one that no man can stay his hand. And that's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of an angry God. And so as Egypt continued to pursue the most powerful nation at the time, everyone knew that Israel's God was serious, that they needed to be careful when they dealt with the God of Israel. And so here we see the praise that comes from Isaiah. We first see that his loving kindness gives salvation. Tonight, I want to stop and ask you, what is God to you? As we read these verses, is there anything that connected with your heart? Is there anything that kind of got, your, got you a little bit excited? Because the scriptures are clear that he hasn't changed. He's still the same. And it says first, he is the salvation, the one that has saved me. But what about you tonight? Is God distant? Is it a duty to follow him? Something that you know you should do? Is there a desire inside of you to get to know your savior better? There's a detailed description that's given of our Savior, the one that saved us. Isaiah 53 talks about him being wounded for our transgressions. He was wounded for us. He took our iniquities. He took our sin. 
He is our Savior, and because of him taking our place, we have been saved. Not only is he our salvation, but he's our strength. He's the one that helps us keep going when the going gets tough. He protects us. He fights for us. In Exodus 15, this is this description of our God that has done so much to help his people, to protect them, to guide them, to fight for them. And we read in the Psalms about David as he communes with God. And I want to ask you again tonight, how close are you with your Savior, with the one that has all strength? But then I really want to hit this last point. He's not only our Savior, as the, the song says. He's not only our strength, but he is our song. Our lips should praise him. We should remember what he has done for us. We should stop and, and consider that he has been our strength, that he has carried us, that he has protected us, that he has provided and I can't help but think of Acts 16, when Paul and Silas are telling the people around them of the salvation that came from the Lord. And they began to tell the people, and you guys know the story, Paul and Silas are out, they're spreading the gospel, they're preaching the good news of salvation, and the people don't like it. They get put in prison, and the Bible says that they, put, they scourged them, they put stripes on them. They chained their feet and they put them in the inner cell. But then when it got quiet, there was a song that could be heard. As they prayed and they sang, the Lord shook the whole place. And their song was heard. I'm sure the, the, the prisoners could see as these men came in. They may have mocked these men. They may have laughed because the scourges that they had received. They may have laughed because of the limping that they had been doing from the scourges. And put them in the inner prison. They probably didn't look the same as the other prisoners. <laughs> they probably were a little bit more clean cut than some of the dirty, rotten rascals that were in there. But they didn't expect to hear him singing. They didn't expect to hear them praising their God, despite the injustice, despite what they had gone through. There was something that inside of these men that made them praise the Lord. There was a relationship that they had with their God. The one that had saved them, that had protected them, that had allowed this to happen. Others should hear our voice lifting the name of our Lord. Do those closest to you hear a song? Do those that know you best say, man, their relationship with the Lord Jesus is real? There's no doubt. Even in the tough times. This is so convicting to me because when the tough times come, <laughs> I want to start questioning. I want to lawyer up. And begin to get an explanation from the Lord as to why this is happening to me. And I'm sure I'm not the only one in here tonight. But he has saved us. He has protected us. 
And so there is a song that we should sing. Do those in your house (laughs) hear your song? Do those at the workplace, do they hear a song? Do they see a song? Maybe you say, I'm a quiet person. They ain't never going to hear me sing. But maybe it can be evident in other ways. It can definitely be evident in other ways. If you've got a song in your heart because of what Jesus Christ has done for you. I'd like to illustrate this song in a powerful story of a uh, Navy SEAL that gave a commencement speech. Maybe some of you guys have heard this. But there's a one of the last weeks in the SEAL training is a six-day, little to no sleep, constant physical and mental harassment, and one special day where they go to these mud flaps. The mud flaps are between San Diego and Tijuana, where the water runs off and creates the Tijuana sloughs, a swampy patch of terrain where the mud will engulf you. It's on Wednesday of this week, That you paddle down to the mud flats and you spend the next 15 hours trying to survive the freezing cold mud, the howling wind, and the incessant pressure to quit from the instructors. As the sun began to set that Wednesday evening, this Navy SEAL that gives this story said, My training class, having committed some egregious infraction of the rules, was ordered into the mud. The mud consumed each man till there was nothing visible but their heads. The instructor told us we could leave the mud if only five men would quit. Just five men. And we could get out of the oppressive cold. Looking around the mud flap, it was apparent that some students were about to give up. It was still over eight hours until the sun came up. Eight more hours until the sun came up. Eight more hours of bone-chilling cold. The chattering teeth and the shivering moans of the trainers, trainees was so loud it was hard to hear anything. And then one voice began to echo through the night. One voice raised in song. The song was terribly out of tune, but sung with great enthusiasm. One voice became two and two became three. And before long, everyone in the class was singing. The instructors threatened us with more time in the mud if we kept on singing, but the singing persisted. And somehow the mud seemed a little warmer, the wind a little bit tamer, and the dawn not so far away. And he says, if I've learned anything in my time traveling the world, it is the power of hope. The power of one person. One person can change the world by giving hope. So he concludes with this statement. So if you want to change the world, start singing when you're up to your neck in mud. And as I read and I was so inspired in the Christian world, there's so many of us that are struggling. Maybe nobody knows. Maybe a handful of people know your struggle. The Lord never said it's going to be easy. He never said it's going to be a bed of roses. As a matter of fact, the Lord said that if you're truly going to follow me, you're going to suffer. It's not going to be easy. 
the world hated me, it's going to hate you. But in the midst of the struggle, in the midst of the trials, that's when our song can be heard and can give hope and encouragement to maybe someone that needs it so bad. But so often, our flesh, this world, the devil wants us to stay quiet. Look at ourselves and the trouble we're in. And God is waiting for just one to raise their song to that person that's close. And only heaven knows the choices if we make to have a song, how it could ripple. I know pastors mentioned rippling a few times in his messages. What an awesome positive ripple can come during this summer as we're with family, as we're with those that are hurting. If they see that Jesus Christ is real to us, if we're there for them and we remind them of the salvation that we have through Jesus Christ, we remind ourselves, we stay close to him and rely on him and his strength and sing. Do you have a song tonight? Do, does anybody else hear your song? Finally, I want to ask one more time. Do those closest to you see it's genuine trust and faith that moves you, that makes you sing? In verse 2 of our text, he says, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. In verse 3, Therefore, with joy, shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. You see, Jesus talked about a spring inside, a comforter, someone who would come alongside and give us that strength. And we can't do it by ourselves. We can't muster it up. We can't just sing and sing. It has to come through the scriptures. It has to come through prayer for this song to be real. And so tonight, I hope this summer we will have a source of praise that we will keep drawing from in our Savior through the scriptures and through the Spirit of God. Would you bow with me for prayer? Lord Jesus, I thank you so much tonight for your word. Lord, I thank you for the source that we have. Lord, we thank you for the comforter. We thank you so much for the... The Spirit, as He moves in our hearts to help us, to remind us of who You are. As we dig into the Scriptures and see what You've done for us, Lord, help our song to be real. Help others to hear. And may they see our, a life that is trusting, that is not afraid, despite what's going on around them. God, help us, Lord, to have a genuine faith that relies on you and that praises you through every situation. Lord, we thank you for a night for this opportunity. We ask that you continue your work. In Jesus' name.
Amen.